This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of the One Had a Dream podcast. Uh, as ever, my name is Lee Finch and I will be joined by Danny Baker. Uh, we've got a special guest on, which is Wimbledon fan and comedian Bob Walshy Walsh. He'll be joining us shortly. Uh, on tonight's or today's episode, we are going to be discussing last Saturday, the game and everything that went around it. We'll be discussing our SLOs and how they uh, deal with people and how they should be dealing with people. Uh, Freddie Flaxman's latest update, uh, more regarding the financial side of that, the investment side. Uh, he put on there that we uh, trying to sell to 7% and we've had three American backers, unfortunately, drop out. Uh, should it, is it time to ask the wider fan base investment or fan owned so we can put that to bed? And then we'll be discussing and previewing the massive games for the Easter weekend holiday against Crew and uh, Wickham. Uh, but let me firstly say hello, Danny Baker. How are we? You good? I'm very well, thanks. They've got a bad back for some reason. I don't know how I've done it. It's probably just carrying this podcast, all the you know, all the fans <laughs> and the weight on the back. Um, good one. But no, it's been it's been nice. Had a bit of Easter break, so been a bit of chilled out with me and Bubby and the wife walking around, and obviously had a bit of time to recover after the MK game. But um, no, pretty good. Mate. How are you? All right. I'm very well, mate. Very well. I'm not bad. I'm, I'm obviously getting I'm getting married in three or four weeks, uh, Vegas. I've been trying to lose some weight, right? Which I'm failing misery, misery, right? Really bad. Okay. Lost. Right. I love chocolate big time. Okay. Right? Big fan of chocolate. Love it to bits. Me and my missus were discussing. She said, like, you literally, I could eat bars of it, right? She said to me, if you had to get rid of every chocolate in the world, you could have free chocolate bars that you can keep, no. just free. Which free would you choose? Right? Which I thought was ridiculous because I, I, I love it all. But yeah, what fr- like the first one for me, 100% is the dairy milk whole nut. The best chocolate oh, that, bar on. That is really good. Do you know what I mean? But what what free would you keep? And you you have to get rid of every single chocolate. Okay, well, destroyed well, can never come back. Can I can I keep a Ferrero Rocher? 
because they are unbelievable. They're a Christmas chocolate, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, does it? I'd still, I would eat a Ferrero Rocher. So you're only eating at December. I get a pun. What's a Christmas chocolate? Well, if, yeah, if, if I'm at an, if I'm at the ambassador's reception, whenever it is, I'll have a Ferrero Rocher. Good, good choice, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, Snickers. That's a poor. See, such poor choices. I know you're going to be no, poor. No, this. no. Snickers is good because you've got that. You've got it all in that. I like a fruit and nut, but if it was me on my own, I'm going Ferrero Rocher. I'm going Snickers, and I am going to go with. And it's a bit out of the out of the way this, but I'm going to go for a topic. Do you remember a topic? They're not made anymore, so you can't even pick it. What do you mean not made anymore? I've not seen them. You've, well, you haven't looked. You haven't looked hard enough. Why? Fruit and nut. I don't mind it, but the fruit gets stuck in my teeth, so that's a bit. I can't have that. For me, it's got to be the whole nut, dairy milk whole nut. Yeah. It's got to be the marvelous creations. You know, with the popping candy in. Oh, amazing! It's absolutely amazing, mate. What, what is it? Unbelievable. Like Kit Kat. You just and basic. Kit Kit Kat's awful. Right, and a whisper gold. See, oh. my missus, my missus did say Kit Kat, but I think she, it's only because she likes four fingers. I tell you what, I, oh, jeez, <laughs> horrendous joke. I mean, <laughs> got, <laughs> it's, it's, it's times have been Bob it, Bob. When do you skip that joke, Bob? <laughs> he's going to he's gonna, he's gonna be Why stealing that for the fringe. Bob will be stealing that for the fringe, mate. I doubt it, mate. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but you're right about the whisper gold. Thank you. Bob, what are you saying? You're... Oh, I'm going crunchy, mate. And none of you have mentioned crunchy yet. Such a, that's a shocking choice again. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, come on. I don't um, want a chocolate bar. Like I know, I'm going Kit Kat, even though like yeah, most of my yeah. girlfriends could take more than four things. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem I've got with crunchy is I don't want to eat a chocolate bar where I might lose a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got you no know teeth left. But... The one that is really un- underrated is the toffee crisp. Is seriously underrated as a, as a chocolate bar. Oh my god! That, awesome. And a, do you remember the picnic? Oh, picnic's decent. Yeah. They're still out there. Not remember them. They're still uh, decent. They were, they but you only pick, you can only have three. I know. I'm just. I'm. Just, I've picked my three. I'm standing by them. I'm, I'm loyal to the three. I'm just saying that. So you said Snickers, and Bob only knows it as a marathon. Well, he's a talented guy. Where do we sit on Jaffa cakes? Are we? Are they cake or biscuit or chocolate? Well, you we just are, you answered your own question. Well, I haven't. I, I just asked the question, which is, is Jaffa cake a biscuit, a chocolate, or a cake? Jaffa cake. Well, the answer, the answer is, it doesn't matter. It's gorgeous. Just, just shove it. them in your gold. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's what, again, that's another thing I try to say to the missus. But uh, with, a, <laughs> with a Jaffa can we cake... Let, can we let Bob do the jokes, Lee, please? <laughs> Sorry, I'm on fire tonight. You're absolutely flying here. It's He's winning, it. winning. The thing is, you just said, what is a Jaffa cake? It's a cake. It's like my mate, we, me and my mate had a little bit of a tiff the other day. A few of us did, right? Because he was saying about apple. You know the, you know, like pie. He called it apple pie. Right. It's more, it's it's an apple cake. It's not an apple right. pie. But he was like, oh, would you go into McDonald's and go, oh, can I have the apple cake, please? But sl- if it's got a slice and it's a crust, then you have to slice. It's an apple cake. Oh, it's a yeah. cake. It's becoming too. It's not a pie. Like, well, no, because we were talking about Americans and why they call pizza pizza pie. Yeah, that's, he was that saying, is weird. But no, but he was saying because it's got a crust. So if it's got a crust, it means it could be a pie. Like we've got pies because of crust. And anyway, I said it only could be a pie if it's got a lid on it. It has to have a lid. It has yeah, to have a roof. That, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, well, an sorry. excellent chat. Well done, mate. But yeah, good uh, chocolate bars. Let us know who your favourite chocolate bar is because it's got to be. Good luck on the diet as well, Lee. Good luck on the diet of that chat. I'm going to go oh, down. Mate, and get I'm, sure. I'm going for a suit suit fitting next week. Uh, How are you? Suit fitting. 
Get my suit, yeah. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to a wedding and literally I put the, I tried the, my mate got me to try the suit on in November and it was like, oh, it'll be, it'll be fine. I obviously had Bubby and you get like a dad bod. So I was like, oh my God, I haven't even seen this suit. Got out of the cupboard today and it's like sprayed on. Too jazzy? I was, like, I was like, oh my Lord, it just about fits, just about. But it's like, too jazzy? <laughs> but I've got, yeah, I've got to get my suit next week and they're probably going to be the hardest working buttons in Vegas. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. When you hey, look they like won't, this. They won't be done up for long, will they? Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's, let's discuss Saturday's game against them a lot. Uh, I'll start us off by thinking we were, I thought we were really good. I thought we frustrated them massively. I thought they, we, I, I predicted we'd get spanked before the game, previewed uh, 3 4 nil. And I think they thought they were going to come down and do that as well. Uh, their team, their, their fans, everything about them. I say fans, most of them don't even support them. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought we frustrated them. We played what I would say was the Wimbledon way, which I absolutely love. I'm falling in love with Mark Bowen, falling in love with everything he says, falling in love with the way he sets us up, the way he changes things. It's exactly what I wanted when Robbo was in charge that we unfortunately didn't get. And like, I think there was a bit after the game where they said, oh, the, like, what's his name? Lewington had the ball thrown at him and he's lucky he didn't yeah, get like, smashed kind of out. Yeah. yeah, and then he went, well, yeah, I, I can see why it happened because feelings are quite, what's it? I can't remember, if, but it was brilliant what he said. Bob, what do you think on Saturday, the game first before we go off field antics? Yeah, I thought like pretty much summed up a uh, uh, last few months. You know, like we we were in it, and then they scored a weldy. Um, so I'm, I was, oh, mate, I was so gutted. Like going one nil up against them was just one of the highlights of the last few years for me. Um, just not being able to hold on to it again. Not surprised. It. Um, we we're just short of a couple of players couple of men out there that's what we are and 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 it showed on Saturday I thought we were really good we're definitely improving I definitely like the way that that he's going to play football it was a wonderful experiment with Robbo but but and and if it had worked it would have been the greatest thing ever but it ain't worked and and kids can't play in the third division I I mean (laughs) and and, and that that happened I think that's exactly right I think what Bob said myself we kind of I felt I felt like we what it what it felt like it felt like the first time in ages I've been to a proper game of football like combative the fans were going at each other constantly there was Combati- some like competitive combative as in oh. combating each other. oh I thought like, you meant competitive sorry no combative oh sorry then combative whichever way you want to call it um, but it was good tackles being chucked in people were putting themselves about a bit for, for the for the benefit of the game we took the lead which was great. From, I was in the south stand. I had no idea who scored. To be honest with you, I had to watch it on the replay. It just, but it just, like Bob said, it just screamed out. The young guys got the seventy minutes and started going. Well, hold on a minute, we've got something to lose here. Went backwards, kept going backwards and backwards and backwards. They kept getting the ball and getting the ball. They needed a good go and got it. And then all of a sudden, we were like, right. And again, this is the thing that Robbo would have never have done. He would have never have taken the centre back on and put a forward on. And Robbo went, no, we're going to go for. Um, Bowen went, we're going to go for the win. Put Crossgrove on, who wasn't particularly up to much, but again, Chislet, yard out, 90th minute, I think it must have been. I mean, we had Nightingale do the same against Doncaster. It's just that's four points. The thing is, when you watch two point blank saves, 
when you watch Chislett's chance again, it's like when you watch it live, it was quite brave of him to fly in. But I think when I watched it back, I thought actually he should have done a little bit better. Oh. But I've got to say, I've been critical of Alex Woodyard recently, and I thought he was brilliant on Saturday. I thought he was, he put stuff was, in. He was he was giving them the little. What I liked about us as well was we were giving them a little needle. So after the board gone, we were giving them a little push. Give him a little shove, proper trying to roll him up. And uh, I thought Assal was brilliant. I thought his booking was harsh. And I think that kind of changed the game when he went off for us because he was getting in their faces and he was uh, putting himself about. Uh, and yeah, I just, I love what every, everything Mark Bowen's doing at the moment. He's doing everything why, why, we need. Why do you think, and it's Robinson and um, Bowen, Assal doesn't often finish a game. Do you think that he just blows himself up for the 70 minutes and the 20 minutes he's spent? Because every time he comes off, we're all like, no, don't take him off. He's running and ragged. Do you think there must be like a thing saying, right, 70 minutes is his lot? Or what do you think, Bob? I I, I would just leave the soul on, right? I'm only a Sunday league footballer, but I know if there's someone that annoying and that determined, you leave them on. You just leave them on. But I wouldn't have ever taken him off. And and maybe a couple of times he's been booked, I might have taken him off. But but no other time. I just can't believe there's a moment where we're better off without a soul on the pitch. Just leave him on. So I, I think it might be the fact that, yeah, he's run himself into the ground pretty much and, and he might have a niggling injury that we don't want to put him off for. And also he does get booked a lot. And I think on Saturday, if he stayed on, he, there's a chance that he might have got him got a send off because that ref, he was he, he does like getting involved, doesn't he? He likes getting involved in the shoving, the pushing, the shirt pulling, everything like that. And I think on a booking, he, uh, he, he has to come off. But one of the big losses was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zach Robinson. Been injured. Do you know what I mean? I call. How is our luck? How is our luck? I called out Zach Robinson as a star from the first minute that he played. Got a lot of stick for it actually, because I said he'll score goals for us, which he has only one. But yeah, as you said, Dan, where's the luck? He had a good game. It's just like I know. I know. know, Like you know, we we haven't won you know since the Vikings have turned up, Um, but we we just have had like. That, as I said, when we're talking about the Robbo debate, there are so many sort of extenuating factors, but we just haven't had it up. We lost McCormick and we were like, right, we just got him back. I thought he made a difference when he came on. He was hurrying, he was hungry. And then all of a sudden, Zach Robinson goes down. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the future, but I, I would be very tempted if I was Mark Bowen from now on to go, right, who are our best 11 players? Okay, how do I get them on the pitch? And, and for me, that would be Rodoni up front and I would play him bringing everyone into the game or have him with a Sal and I'd have McCormick, Woodyard, Marsh and I'd, or I'd play Chislett but there's no way I could I could select Cosgrove over Chislett over McCormick in my opinion. I was, I was just going to say do you, do you want us to play kind of like the Man City way really? We're like Obviously we're never going to be as good as them but as you said there I think you've kind of answered my question really saying throw Chislett in, McCormick in because Chislett looks like he's back to form again I, I don't get why he was dropped under Robinson uh, Chislett, McCormick you get Assal, you get Rodoni, you, you leave Rodoni as your furthest player. Uh, and I think we try and play all Yeah, I wouldn't play Cosgrove because I think the geezer's a lamppost. He doesn't do much moving around. He don't run after things that you want him to chase down. Uh, and it also, to me, it doesn't look like Bowen fancies the uh, the French geezer that we got because he's only getting, what, bits parts. And it doesn't seem like he uh, fancies him too much to be bringing him on. Go on then, Bob. Yeah, no, I, I, with the Cosgrove thing, like, I, I just can't see that there's any way of getting out of this division without a lump up front. Like, 
somehow we've made a decision to to, to go with one um, and, and a 19-year-old and, and then sell him halfway through the season. I just can't see how you can how you can do this season, how you can do League One or League Two, or possibly even the bottom half of the championship without a big lump up front. Just sorry, football's played that way with a proper big lump up front. Unfortunately, Cosgrove ain't been the man he has not. I, I, I happened to see him play for, for Aberdeen and thought when we signed him, wow, what a boy, man, I can't wait. I was literally jumping around the room. But oh my God, he looked like he, he, he looks like the bloke who was on, on a Sunday league team that was really drunk the night before. <laughs> I, I totally agree because there was two I, I, there was two Cosgroves and I said when we signed him, if we get the Aberdeen Cosgrove, uh, then we are going to get a player that can actually put himself about, he, he'll score goals and yeah, we've got a half-decent player. That's why Burnham paid £2 million for him. But if you get the, the Cosgrove that Birmingham fans saw and Shrewsbury fans saw, then that's the one I think we're actually getting at the moment. Uh, and someone said that he went for £2 million. He went from, what, five grand a week at Aberdeen to probably 25 grand a week at Birmingham. Three and a half year deal. He looks like he's just given up. He just looks like, I'm going to take my money now for the next three and a half years uh, and I'll probably get a club after or go back to Aberdeen or something like that after because... It's just, he just doesn't look like he gives a shit. I, I just don't, I don't get though. I'm never going to understand how you can ever put your entire faith in a lone player to keep you in a division. I just, I don't understand it. When we got rid of Palmer, we, yes, I thought £300,000 for him was a fair amount. I said it a number of times, but there is no way you could have replaced a permanent player at your club for a lone player and expect the same level of commitment, same level of effort. I don't think Cosgrove doesn't try. By the way, I'm not. I'm not trying to slander him in that way. He's not good. I just don't think. I don't think he's been in the games at all, and I don't think he's. I don't think he's really up to the fight of it. But what the challenge is, you can't pick. You can't expect him to care as much as that Robinson because he walks away at the end of the year and he gets on with it, and Robinson's there, and that was we had to replace him with a permanent, and we never did. So I disagree with you there, Danny, because if you look at the loan players, we've always relied on loan players to actually keep us up. Ramsdale, uh, Fours, Ruse. Uh, I know but, Will Kelly Ruse come in when we were going from promotion, so it's totally Fours, different. Fours didn't keep us up because the season got curtailed early and he went back into January. If it weren't, yeah, but it weren't for his goals, we would have been right down and we could have got relegated. If that season carried on, we would have been dead. We were uh, That's true, but then if he hadn't scored them goals before the season was curtailed, we would have got relegated on... Granted. Do you know what I mean? And Tramia, unfortunately, uh, got relegated. Well, not unfortunately, yeah, unlucky. I think it's very rare to get... A, and again, we've always talked about the Ramsdales. Well, no, I disagree. You think... A quality, quality loan player... And expect them no, I disagree. to be as we committed got, as we a got, permanent player. We got Dobson. Dobson, Dobson was committed because you, you know one, why? Because Sunderland were getting rid of him and he wanted to actually go to a decent he wanted to actually continue his career. Where for me, Cosgrove just doesn't out of 15. No, no, there's more than that though. There's Saunders. Saunders end up getting a move from Brighton to Lincoln. So Max Sanders. Max Sanders, sorry. Okay. Do you know right. what I mean? We've got, there's loads of loans that have come to us and done really well and been committed. They've been committed. Do you know why? Because they actually cared about their career and their future. The loans that we've had this year, and I know we've talked about this and this is going off subject a bit, just doesn't seem to care at Maboudis and Cosgroves. They don't care. They, they're under long contracts and, and getting paid decent wage. They're going to be able to buy their Balenciagas. They're going to be able to buy Louis Vuitton wallets and don't give a shit. They'll be able to eat in Mayfair. And that's the problem. The other players, the Ramsdales, the Forses, the Dobsons, they all cared about where they were playing next season. So Do you think maybe if, the age thing? I mean, I know Sir Cosgrove is is a bit older, um, but do you think maybe the age thing is maybe the younger, younger ones are just not mature enough to deal with it? 
Maybe, and that's why they'll end up probably playing in the conference or conference south, or maybe lower if they keep on the way they're doing it. But let's let's talk about Saturday game. Sorry, Bob, go on. I just want to bring up there, there which you mentioned like two loans as the positives there. They were goalkeepers. Like, we've got to have our own fucking goalkeeper as well. Like, we've got to have our own centre forward. We've got to have our own goalkeeper. We've got to. They are the, the concrete on which we build a football team. You totally agree. Bob, the problem we've had is we've had some decent keepers coming through, but we've sold them before they've even got to first team level. Yeah. So we've sold uh, Mannion, Will yeah. Mannion, with Berzik now is a, a thirty million pound rated goalkeeper at Stoke, yeah. uh, oh. playing for England. We had uh, Cox, who's gone now. So we have had goalkeepers here and there, like Sanav. Took him a year, but he's had to go and go on loan and play men's football before coming in, and that's the problem. We they. It's hard for goalkeepers at a younger level. A striker like Zach Robinson at 19, you go, right, go and prove me. But goalkeepers don't mature or get better until they're older. And that's, I think, that's the problem we've had with our goalkeepers, unfortunately. But let's go back to Saturday and let's talk about the kind of off-field stuff. I, I obviously wasn't there, which I'm glad I wasn't because I think I would have got nicked. Uh, I, I, was really dis- I was really disappointed in our stewarding and our, our police force. I thought there's a clip I've seen where a guy's on a hill and he kind of gets a baton wrapped around him. But yeah, you, look behind, clip, yeah. you look behind him, there's about six MK fans standing right behind the old bill, literally right behind them, goading the Wimbledon fans. They don't turn around and start battering MK fans. It was only Wimbledon fans. I saw stewards getting Wimbledon fans by the neck, pulling them here, there and everywhere. The little section I would normally stand in, you had to show your ticket before you got into that section, which is, is close to the away end. Never had to do that all season. Right, and I kind of get it, but they could do whatever they wanted. They were standing right by the front. The abuse they were giving our players. Our stewards, I watched the game and I saw them just standing there watching the game at points. Do to be I mean? fair, though, Lee, your little block, one of your guys went on the pitch and obviously decked one of their lads. Well, yeah, but he... Also, Lewington wasn't even allowed to go and get the ball. Good. Because some of the guys in your area were chucking the ball. One of them threw the ball at Lewington's head. So yeah. we, we're not as... We weren't innocent in any that's, of that. That's fine, but all. the stewards was cutting but it out also, straight away. But what do you expect from that? I mean, the stewards are pay what? I, 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 I'm going to be very blunt here, but I used to work at a university and some of the students used to be used to be stewards at games. I mean, they're going to be on a relatively low wage. They're relatively young. There is no way on earth they are going to be prepared for a riot. Dan, I totally get that then don't bowl round like you're some kind of mandem. Don't bowl round like you're some kind of street thugs and all this and start acting all the big and when Sheffield Wednesday come to town and I've, mate, I've been there when they've chucked Wimbledon fans out for nothing and started acting all big and they're wearing all, all black and they've got their faces all covered thinking they're double hard. And then when it actually comes on top, they go, oh no, I only get paid £9 an hour. I, I never saw, I don't know what you saw, Bob, I don't know where you see it, but I, at the home end, it was fine, obviously. On the main stand, it was fine. On, on a lot of the east stand, I think it was fine. I don't know where you sit, Bob, but I, I didn't get the impression that Lee got in terms of the horrendous stewarding. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't particularly see that, but I don't know what your take of it was. Right, my take is, I'm on the halfway line. I'm right by the dugout. I'm not going to get to see any of that. Um, I sort of sensed a bit of aggro. I saw our stewards run around at the other end. Um, but what I did see afterwards was the police being really quite out of order. I I, I was trying to, I got out of there quite early to um to, to get to work. And and I just saw them like doing whatever they wanted. And the police 
with being really aggressive with the Wimbledon fans and not at all aggressive with the Milton Keynes fans. And I, that, that's what I saw. I'm not saying that's all that happened, but that is what I saw. And, uh, and I'm glad I got out of there quite quickly because it, like, it, it was dragging something out of me from the 80s. I wanted to get involved again, but I forgot I was a 60-year-old man. Like, stop it, stop it, walk away. It was really uh, toxic, though, wasn't it? Like, in terms of in the really ground, really was... And I mean, it, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it, Bob? Because it kind of felt like, yes, this is kind of like we've missed a, di- a bit of needle and a bit of opposition. But it kind of felt like it was right... They talk about players being right on the edge. I felt that the fans were right on the cusp of it. And I spoke yeah. last week, Lee, to you about the whole MK thing. Is it time that we kind of just like, not park it, but just kind of, do you know what? That's happened and we kind of move a bit. But it was right on it. Like, me and my dad were like, we felt good that we were going south and out because it was really bubbling. I don't, I don't care about them the rest of the time. Right? I didn't even know. Like, I looked at their squad when we played like that Saturday. I thought, fucking hell, they've got some decent players. Yeah. Like, Para Wickham, Connor Wickham's there now. He was terrible. But, yeah, he's he is terrible. But they've got some they've got some decent players. I don't know where they get the money for, and I don't really care. But when we play them, there's like Bob said, there's just something that comes out, and there's something I think everyone just see comes out now. And where it weren't a bubble match, and they could travel anywhere they wanted. There's two pubs as well, the Ellsfield and the Halfway House. We should never ever use them again. No one ever go in them if you're a Wimbledon fan because they advised that they were welcoming the away supporters on that day. So if they're taking the pound from them, they're not ever going to take a pound from me again. I don't even care if it was under police advice. They should have said, no, nope, we're not taking away fans. Do you know what I mean? They should never been able to drink in Ellsfield. Uh, and I stand by that. And uh, yeah, I don't think it should have been, it should. It has to be a bubble match. It's, it's the, the do you know what I mean? We go out there all the time, don't get any any trouble really, because they, they 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 don't really want trouble. Do you know what I mean? They they come down. I don't think most of them are Wimbledon fans. There was the guy that ran on the pitch, you know, the, the MK fan who got on the pitch, and one of our fans jumped over and gave him a little slap. Yeah. Well, apparently, if you look at his bio, it says uh, MK and uh, MK and Arsenal. So really, he's an Arsenal fan. Do you get what I mean? Like it's just there. So many of them wouldn't have, wouldn't have been supporting. MK, they're all Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea. They were just out on a day out to hopefully have a bit of fun. No one really wanted to scrap because if they really wanted to scrap that little group, you know, where the, that guy gets a bat, the, the one yeah. Wimbledon fan, there was enough of them there just to steam through anyone they wanted. They didn't. And there was only about six old bills. So if they really wanted, if that was Leeds or Millwall, then there's there's bloodshed and everyone's getting battered. But they they didn't want, they no one wanted it, I don't think, on that scale. As Bob said, no one wants to get nicked. No one wants to end up in hospital or go to prison for a game against them. But I think it just brings out certain people that you just do not like them. I'll tell you what, what it, what it has done. What, what it has uh, is given us a bit of energy going into the running because the crowd were fantastic. Like the noise was electric, the, the buzz, the energy, it transferred to the players. You could see it. Like if anyone was watching Wimbledon, Cambridge went one nil down. We were quiet as a mouse, and people were kind of kicking the heels a bit. I know a goal helps being a goal up against them, but the act it felt like a tidal wave, like a surge going through all the players. Woodyard, Callum Bailly was was fighting. Lawrence was giving it some, and I think if if ever you were a player that thinking I might want to play for a football club, that air, that energy and that atmosphere was good enough for me. If I was a manager to be like, wow, this is their second of the league. This is what we're capable of. If if we're gonna have any chance to stay up? I'm still very, very uneasy about the whole thing, to be honest. But if there is a chance of staying up, Saturday has given it a massive shot in the arm because yeah. players yeah. would have definitely have felt 
wow, we're going to get some, we're, we're moving in a, in a good position. Whether we're going to get that or whether that's going to translate into points, I don't know. But it was a good, well, really good energy. Before we move on, Bob, do you, do you want the final say on the game on Saturday? Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I um, I, I do a little. I've done a little joke on a, a few football clubs about Milton Keynes. Um, uh, and, and and like, AFC Wimbledon is my second wife. I love her very dearly. She's the most dear thing to me. The best thing that's ever happened. But if ever I met the bloke who ran off with my first wife, <laughs> i.e. Milton Keynes. I might just still kick his fucking head in. <laughs> right, we'll move on. We'll move on. And when we come back, we'll discuss our supporters' liaison officers. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. So we're back and we're going to be uh, discussing our SLOs, our supporters, liaisons officers. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that I don't think they're doing a great job. Uh, and people say, well, if you don't think they're doing a great job, why don't you put yourself forward? Well, that's not always the answer. The people that have put themselves forward still need to be uh, professional and, and hold some responsibility for what they're saying and doing. Uh, I saw uh, a Facebook post from someone regarding Milton Keynes fans and how they were uh, treating the ground and stuff like that and saying, like, support the SLOs should raise this. I then put a message out saying some of the things that I saw and I'd like it raised with the club. And all I got back from Anouk, who is one of the SLOs, was a patronising, unprofessional reply, uh, which, again, if you're an SLO, even if, if you don't like me, fine. That's that's one of the things. I'm, I'm, I'm like Marmite. People either love me or hate me. And if you hate me, it's fine. But just say, yeah, that's fine. Thanks very much for raising it. We'll raise this to the club. People are saying, why are the SLOs getting some stick? Because they're supporters, liaison officers, right? So that means they liaise with the fans. Any fans have any gripes, any problems, we tell them, they then take it to the club. Some things might not be able to be done, but at least they should be able to look into it. So it's either the food at the ground, the seats getting shut on from pigeons, or away fans come in and taking the piss out of us royally. I just think they need to be more professional, and I've had enough of being treated like a second-class citizen by certain amount of people that want to have responsibility within our club, but don't actually don't actually want to do the work or put anything into it. I don't know how you two think. Am I, I, being... I, I don't have much of an opinion on it, because I, I don't really engage with any of them. Um, I guess the question I'll just chuck back is, Obviously, the email thing, and I saw the email. It didn't. I saw the thing on Facebook. It, it wasn't particularly well constructed. That it, it was easy to interpret the, the reply as somewhat of a negative. But I, I guess it's just a question of whether that one th issue should cloud the other bits of work that they might do. Whether that's good or not, I, I don't know. I've seen. I think I might have seen a couple dotted about. I've seen the Don's Trust booth in the fan zone. But I haven't seen really the student, the, the, the support liaison officers too much. But the, the, I must admit, the um, I guess the, I think the supporter experience is pretty good, though. I, I, I don't know how much they add to that, though. I mean, Bob, have you got anything to add, add to this? Do you see them around? Do you know what they're doing or how they go about it? Yeah, well, well, what I'm talking about is a load of people that I know and have known most of my life being really nice to people <laughs> um so I've, I've not seen anything i'm a bit disappointed with what i hear about uh, like snyder remarks back on 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 
on Twitter or Facebook or anything. That that would be disappointing. But like, it just seems to me nice people trying to do nice things. Yeah, they could get it better. We could all do it. All of us could do our job better. But like, um, I I just can't find a complaint with with, with them at all. Um, I I do stand out the front and like finish a can of beer or, and and have a fag before I walk in. So I actually see the SLOs dealing with people out the front and, and they're yeah. magic they're making people feel really welcome giving them clear concise advice with a smile on their face so i i'm i'm just i can't join in this i can't join in this at all i mean how many do we have there's there's, there's three of them uh okay. paul, paul raymond tim Hillier, yeah, I know paul raymond yeah and anook teasdale and um, the, main, the only issue i have is it seems like there's only one that seems to reply on, on Facebook and Twitter, Paul and Tim are quite silent. They they might be the ones that Bob's talking about around the ground. The the, the reason why I've brought it up is because it was me that sent a message. I thought, can yeah. one of the SOs please say how two flares got into the away end? And someone said actually more than two. It was about three or four. Is that flares. Is, hold on, is that a stu- is that a is that a supporter liaison officer's place to answer though? I mean, that, that doesn't. Sound well, in my right. opinion, that's, that that they should then say to the club and to the stewards, how the hell did three go to the chief steward and say, how did three flares get in? It's dangerous for our supporters that flares were chucked on the pitch. It was chucked. They could have been chucked at the, at the fans. They could have been chucked anywhere. And we were told that morning by an SLO that please get there earlier because we weren't going to be allowed to take bottle tops into the ground. So all bottle tops are going to be taken off us. So we can't take bottle tops in, but they can get flares in. And then the first time, and there was flares in the home end as well. Yeah. So why are flares going, getting into the game? And, and it is a stewarding issue and it is a safety issue. Yeah. But that is still something that the liaison offers need to liaise with the club and say, look, how is that happening? It can't happen in future. And is that is that their job? Is that is is a support a liaison officer, the liaison officer speak to the club and then they relay that information back to the supporters, or do they just relay the information to supporters? I, that's that's how I understand that their job okay, is. That I went to them and said, "Look, this is happening. How did that happen?" They go to the club and say, "How did three, four flares get into the game ground?" Right? Why has the stewards allowed that? And then they come back and go, "Well, actually, this, the checks weren't done here. This weren't done here." Right. Uh, sorry, Bob. I'll come one do, second. Do, do you know that didn't happen? What was it? That's what I mean. That's why they, I'm they didn't pass on the information. So you're no. moaning at them when you you don't even know if they passed on that information. But the question I got, this is the this is the thing, this is my issue, Bob, is the answer I got was, how do you think they got in? So I said, I don't care how they got in. Someone wasn't doing their job. Something needs to be done instead of a silly comment. How about, thank you, this is something I'll raise and look into. And then, yeah, it was, I got, do you know what I mean? It's like, how did they get in? And then it's like, you just get stick from people and you just get made feel like, do you know what I mean? Instead of just saying, yeah, thanks, we will look into that in the future. Yeah. And just, yeah. Do you know what I mean, not how do you think they got in? That's fine. All I was doing was raising why was flares allowed in when we couldn't get a bottle top in? And it was made quite frank and clear that bottle tops weren't going to be put into that game. Fine. But then four or five flares got into the ground. And, and it might be the steward didn't look or you just, someone put it up their bum. Do you know what I mean? They, there's loads of places to hide them. Someone's but, put a flare up no, you want to get anything into a ground? I know, I know, it just makes me laugh. Do you know what I mean? That'd be a brilliant place to hide it. It goes, goes off. But do you know what I mean? That's all I was asking is, how the hell did we get five flares into the into a ground at Plough Lane 
if the stewards ain't doing their job, which we've raised previously, then something needs to be looked at, at how that ha don't happen again. If it ain't going to be a bubble match next year, what do they get in next year? It ain't flares, what if it is a weapon? Do you know what I mean? It's something needs to be looked at. And I just raise it with our SLOs and think they actually should, instead of giving psychic replies on Twitter and on Facebook, say, look, we'll look into it. Thanks very much for raising that. That's all I was asking for. Good point. I can I can see where you're coming from, Lee. I mean, I think football security's got a lot of... Um, I, it, I was quite concerned, actually, on Saturday. I thought, I don't know where you felt, Bob. I, the fact that one of their guys got on the pitch and one of our guys got on the pitch and laid him out, which was which the crowd loved, obviously. Um, that was great, Bob, when he literally ran. Our guy hit him once. He just went, Bob, No, that's not... Out. See, I'm not having that either. Everyone uh, said, oh, this Milton Keynes fan got laid out by one fan. The Milton Keynes fan ran across the pitch, give it all the big one. He then slips over running from the... No, 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 no. I've seen way. the video. No, I've seen the got, video. He got, he got hit. He got where, hit by the where, fan. The fact, yeah, but he was already on the floor. Where I'm standing, I don't care what the video was. AFC Wimbledon won Milton Keynes nil in or ten a ten eight round, if you like. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not having anyone say it any other way. But it is a it is a it is a little bit of a concern though, in terms of you know you've got some very hostile people and hostile crowds, and you're basically relying on teenagers who are on a minimum wage to keep a, to, to stand in the way of them and be like don't go over there well no I'm, I'm a lot harder and bigger than you I'm going to get in the way it is it's definitely the first time since we've been watching Wimbledon apart from Wallingford away do you remember Wallingford away <laughs> when it got a bit lively over there um, that was the only other time I can remember being at watching a Wim an AFC Wimbledon game and feeling like okay this is quite lively but it was but at the same time I kind of I kind of missed it a little bit. I've missed it. I've missed a little bit of needle and uh, the, the combativeness with fans and uh, the sheer desire. And they were very loud in the beginning. And they did once we scored, they were quiet as a mouse until they equalised. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you sit, Bob. A bit. Do you, I do feel quite safe at Plough Lane, though. But it just Saturday was was a real, real hotbed. I uh, I think I, I I do actually agree that those kids, if it actually went off, it would be a nightmare. Like. They're, the, the to stewarding is just not up to it, even remotely. They're not; they don't know what they're doing. Um, they, it it seems to be different kids every week. I've had, I've had one nice kid sat in front of me by the halfway line. He's he's polite and nice, and everyone loves him. But like, if there was a fight, I just he's like seventeen and weighs eleven stone. Like, if he was soaking wet, well, what's he gonna do? What are any of them gonna do? If it actually goes off 80 style, there's just nothing. Um, I don't, I, I, I've not been home or away to a ground in a few years where I felt totally like 100% safe. I'd like to take me 90 year old granny along. So I, I feel, I feel safe at Plough Lane, but my point is, with regards to it, was lucky it was only them. Can you make like we've had Chef Wednesday, Sunderland, Portsmouth, if they really wanted to go off teams like that who have the Arsenal kind of behind them, that it would really, yeah, there would be some damage to people and the stewards. And as I said, the stewards like to bowl round and like to give it the bigger, like their double yard and all this. And what I don't like as well is when you sit in our stand, they all stand at the front. If you're sitting at the front, and I mean, there's a lot of family, you can't see the game because you've got a big steward in front of you. So get them seats, get them sat down as well so they can still see the crowd. But do you know what I mean? It's just like, and as I said, with regards to what I've raised previously with the SLOs, it's like, you're meant to be liaising with the fans so you can take it back to the club so it can improve, so it can get better. Because a lot of stuff has got better with guys. We've raised a lot of issues on here previously regarding food, regarding the bar cues. They're all, they are trying, they are trying to get better. 
what we don't need is Saki remote, uh, Saki remarks. remarks, thank you, Danny, uh, and, and being unprofessional. It's got to be better because I know it's me and people just think, oh, fuck him. You know what I mean? I don't like him. He's a number. That's what we all think, yeah. Right? I, I get it. A lot of people do. But what about <laughs> if it is... If, what, up. Yep, that's me, yeah. What about if it is right. like old Trevor from Illsfield who's raising the point? Do we just take the piss out of him as well? Yeah, no, that, that, that is a really good point. I just want to say something about the stewards. In, in, in the last few weeks, I had the pleasure and absolute honour to be um, uh, like the bouncer, the minder, to Hayden the Womble before the game. And like, oh my God, what a wonderful job he does. But the stewards, I was just some like ugly 60-year-old bloke like with a Wimbledon scarf on, no identification whatsoever. They let me walk around the pitch and all round the ground with him, not word said. And one of them sort of said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And then and he, and he brought about 10 of his mates along and I just sort of said, well, I'm looking after the Womble, mate. And then they all just said, oh, okay, fair enough. I could have been anyone. They haven't got a clue what's going on there. Not a little Scooby. So I've got a story regarding, if we're going to discuss our stewards, I've got a story regarding our stewards and one of our mates. Our mates got kicked, one of our mates got kicked out uh, because he had, a, he had a go at the steward for having really skinny jeans on uh, and said to him, he was like one of the chief stewards, I think, and said to him, oh, does your missus know that you're uh, wearing her jeans? And he got kicked out for that. And that steward tried to make it a race thing as well. Uh, and he got kicked out and stuff like that. And then the club didn't come back to him. He ended up contacting the club a number of times to say, like, what's going on? My season ticket was taken off me at the time, right? And the club said, oh, yeah, we've looked into it. There was nothing to do with race. It was nothing like, you know what I mean? You can go back now. And that was just a joke about a steward's skinny jeans being so tight for him that it looked like he was like they were painted on. And it was just, you know what I mean? This is what I'm saying about our stewards that, like they like to bowl around. They like to think they're some kind of hard nuts. And we've got a few that look like they've been on like top boy. And it's just like, well, no, you're stewards. Don't, you're not, if it goes off, you are going to shit yourselves. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, a proper firm comes down. It, you you are going to be one thing. We're lucky enough. We haven't had it yet. And we've played some big teams at Plough Lane. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? don't think many people hate us. People just don't, you know, apart from like them, them lot. I don't think anyone's going to come to our gaff looking for a punch-up. Like, why? why? Well, They've we heard about how hard we are, Bob. That's it. They've heard about us. Well, we had Sheffield yeah. Wednesday fans in our end, and one of them <laughs> celebrated. The others were good as gold. At half-time, we were end up having drinks with them. Uh, yeah. They were good as gold, and they but were that, like, oh. That's sort of like the beauty of being a Wimbledon fan. Like I said, we always talk about the, 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 the balance between that professionalism and the amateurism and that. Wimbledon fans would have, you know, would, would, would be quite happy to see an opposing fan and be like, look, do you want a pint and have a chat and talk to the fan and be relatively decent people? And, and I think that's one of the, the good things about Wimbledon fans. But I guess if you want that aspect of us, then you've got to also accept the fact that you are going to get the odd person who's in the crowd that you don't necessarily like or is, is a bit of an aggro merchant. And we're not necessarily going to be in the best position to, to sort of defend it. But I don't feel... I feel that we're... As good as it can be. I mean, like I said, if you're not going to pay good money for the job, then we've got what we're going to have. And I guess for, for the people who are investing in it, they're like, well, it's Wimbledon. There's no aggro, so we don't have to roll the carpet out. It's just, I think they learned a valuable lesson. At the beginning of the game, there wasn't a single police officer out. Within two minutes of the start of the game, all the police officers came out from the corner between 
where your aggro merchant lot are Lee and theirs. They all yeah, keep yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. I'm not having that. There's no aggro merchants in that. They're just good people that like to make a lot of noise and get the atmosphere and going. Throw balls and it, at players. Yeah. They didn't throw a ball at a player. They threw a ball at Dean Lewin. Oh yeah, true. We won't right. So he's not. That's 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 allowed, Danny. So I. It even, was quite funny though, Lee. Right? Literally, and he actually nobody did, would and go no and one, take a throw in. And no one got the player. They actually got the ref, which I thought, shit. Here we go. This but is nobody happen. went to get the ball. It got to the point where they were like, "Oh, we'll just give us a spare." But ball. that's and fair game against them. It on, it was I once saw a game against Millwall in the semi-final of the playoffs. I watched on TV against Huddersfield. And the Millwall fans made it so hard and horrible for Huddersfield that their wingers didn't even want to touch, go near the wing because they were so scared. They, Millwall end up winning the game. I know it's not, this is what we talked about shit Asri before. It's against them, I think kind of anything really goes other than running on the pitch and smashing one of them in the face. Throwing a ball at a player ain't going to be that, you know what I mean? It, it didn't hit him or anything like that. And I, I think you're quite, I think you owe us that corner an apology, to be fair, Dane, because there, without them in that corner, there is no atmosphere at that ground. Uh, incorrect. No... That is where you're massively wrong. No, no. Everyone was going mental. Yeah, but the I'm only... talking about I'm talking about normal games. I'm talking about the normal no, game no, where the South Stand that. is silent. I'm, the I'm only ones that are giving it that. are the ones in the East Stand. When I've we've had Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, all the big teams down, we deliberately got our tickets in there to make it an atmosphere because then we can wind them up, they can wind us up, and it gets an atmosphere. We get what people I would going say, and it goes since through. Not been the going, South Stand is quiet as anything. Oh shit. Since you've not been going, it's been much better. The atmosphere in there has been fantastic. There's been whisper golds, all sorts there. When I come back yeah. to a game, you're coming down the east end. You'll 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 be you want to move. Mate. I don't want to associate with that riffraff. Thank you very right. much. I'm happy in the. Well, south we'll come in the south. We'll take over the south stand. It might be an atmosphere then. Hey, right. You're welcome. We'll go we'll yeah, the south stand. On on that thing, I'm not going to stick up for the west end there. Like they occasionally get off their ass, <laughs> but they really don't most of the time. And it's very difficult to get them singing a song, even though we've got all the old Batsford boys in there. But trouble is, we're all really old now and we've got a missus and three generations of children. So, like, it's just not, like, we're just not as loud as we used to be. So, like, we, we, also got, we, we, also got, we also got to remember that most teams at home are pretty shit most of the time. And I'm talking about some of the biggest clubs in the country. At home games, it's shit. Because you've got people that go in there, they're just chatting away and stuff. Everyone knows an away game is where it actually is. And yeah. to be fair, at home, it's that corner of the East End. If it weren't for them, there'd be no atmosphere at Plough Lane. But we'll move on. And when we come back, we'll <laughs> be discussing Freddie Flaxman's latest update and, and the, the finance behind that. Viva the corner. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. So we're back and we're going to be discussing well, not all of Freddie Flaxman's update on Facebook. I, again, I, I, we spoke to Freddie on here. He's been on the podcast. He's a really good man. I've got a lot of time for him uh, and he puts updates up again, similar to Graham Stacey and stuff. They, and, and Luke, they try and, I don't always agree with it, but they do try and answer the fans on social media and stuff like that. And they try and engage with fans. I don't think social media is the right place to do it, but if they're doing it, then fair play to them. And, and we've got to give them their due for that. Uh, the one thing I wanted to discuss regarding Freddie's uh, last thing on Facebook was we have not sold the 7% equity available. We almost completed deals three times with American investors, including one who actually visited Plough Lane. The reality is a minority investment in a fan-owned club is difficult to justify from a purely financial perspective. 
but we need to find an ongoing solution as our bond payments come due. The work here continues. And that's why I wanted to say, do we put it out now to the wider fan ownership, not just the Don Strauss members, because that's, that's a small minority now of Wimbledon fans. Do we put a survey out to every single fan regarding fan ownership or selling the club? Because Freddie Flaxman seems to be finding it hard to get investment for the 7% because we're pretty much saying to anyone who's going to put money in, give us your money for 7%, but you're pretty much not going to get much back from it because it is a football club. You know what I mean? You're, you're just giving us money and hopefully we'll do well with it. I don't know how you two boys feel about it and regarding it. Go on, Bob. Go on, Andrew. Well, I've always, since the very beginning, been a 51% fan owned, 49% owned, owned elsewhere. And frankly, it has to be a vanity project for anyone putting some money in. They need to be doing it for, for publicity. So where the money should be coming from is someone who needs the publicity and not the ownership or, 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 or the responsibility that goes with ownership. So I've always been a believer in the 51%. I've always wanted to stay fan-owned, and, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, so, like, yeah, we need someone who wants a vanity project. Should it go out to the open world? Uh, I don't want to give up being fan-owned. I just gen genuinely don't. I've had, I've had my wife nicked off me once, and, I ain't have, and I'm not keen on having it done again. Uh, and um, and I, I want to leave a legacy of a fan-owned club for future generations. That's that's my opinion. But it has to be a vanity project, and there has to be someone out there. I, I, I'm kind of with you, Bob. I don't really know anybody who's going to put pay the amount of money potentially we're going to want the seven percent for it to be anything but a look at us. We're in, but like a John Green type job where he kind of sees it as a bit of fun and or, or a Ryan Reynolds and go, oh, look at us, we've invested in it. The good part of it is you'd think that it's a relatively, you would think it's a relatively, if you want it, if there are people who go, I want a vanity project, then we're probably it. But there's not many better projects than Wimbledon right now to be invested in. If you are somebody who's got a few million quid and want to be impact positively in football, we're, we're, we're it, to be blunt. So I think that's one thing. But I am quite surprised that we've still struggled to find another investor. I thought we would have done that by now. And I wonder whether that has an impact on, you know, they were talking about the best ever budget and that conversation, whether that will change if we have got that level of investment from somebody else or whether it doesn't. Um, I don't know. But it was an interesting conversation. In regards to the Don's Trusting, the, I had obviously joined the Don's Trust recently and they sent a big survey about putting the season ticket up for inflation. Well, should the prices be the, the same or be put higher up due to the inflation costs that are being incurred across the, across the board? But also they're asking about whether it should be included in um, season tickets. And I think that's becoming, I think there's a serious amount of momentum shifting between you're in the Don's Trust, pay 25 quid, and you want to be in the Don's Trust where you've got a season ticket, so you're probably, you're, you're almost uh, by proxy, you're, you're, in, you're in the group. And I think that is going to be a very interesting place because I think once you've got the season tickets in, who are, let's be blunt, more interesting a lot of the time in what's happening on the pitch, I think that's where you're going to get a shift in the dynamic of who is watching. Like, like Bob said, there's a lot of younger guys coming who probably don't remember or weren't even there at the beginning. And if you were a fan who's been supporting women since AFC times, are you as, as interested to watch poor football but be fan-owned or watch a better quality of football, be better in the league, 
but that level of engagement or ownership goes down, it will be a very interesting mix. So I think there's going to be some interesting conversations coming up in the next couple of years, at least. I, I totally agree. And I, I'm, I'm now on, I, I think I'm on the road of uh, investment and selling, selling the club and not being a fan owned. Uh, there's a difference between fan owned and fan run. And I don't, I don't like the fan run kind of side of things. I don't think it works as well for a football club. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have uh, a massive business being run by the people that work there pretty much because not everyone's going to be smart enough. And we said this last time, Danny, there's some people on the board who want to be on the board again for vanity projects or their own personal uh, for their own personal reasons, but don't actually bring anything to the table. They've got no skills or anything that actually needs to be on the board for a reason. Uh, I just think that we need to be looking... I know people are so scared of like what Bob said, he, he had his first wife stolen from me, don't want it to happen again. It's a totally different time now. Football's totally different to when it was when, when they unfortunately ruined Wimbledon FC. And we have plough lane now. Is there nothing we can do? Look at, uh, look at Chelsea, for example. I know we, we're not biggest fans of Chelsea, but you look at them, for example, Roman Bramovich come in and as much as a, a bit of a dick he is, he, he, he's probably been one of the best owners that Chelsea could have ever asked for because he's bought and paid and put every single bit of money that he could into that club. They've won everything, but they're, they're, they're protected because they have the uh, pitch owners. So you can't do anything with regards to Stamford Bridge. You can't, it, it has to stay at Stamford Bridge. Do you know what I mean? And now, if you had said when Roman Bramovich left Chelsea, that there's a possible someone going to come in and pay three billion for Chelsea, you would have laughed them out of place. Do you know what I mean? You would have thought that they'd been playing at the fringe or something with jokes like that. But, that is the case now. Chelsea are going to be sold in the next couple of weeks for three billion pound, uh, and Roman Abramovich is written off two and a half billion. I'm not saying we're going to get a Roman or something like that, but is it not something we could look at regarding the pitch owner? We have Plough Lane now. Plough Lane is ours. What, I can't see someone reason, coming. In. Lee, what's the reason why we're seventy five twenty five? Like over, I'm 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 more and more with Bob. I I I, I in fact I kind of fluctuate. I had a long chat with my mate Nick. Bless him. He was talking a lot about. He's a finance guy and we talk a lot about that, you know, Wimbledon and that would almost want to sell the club up within a year of us joining Plough Lane. It doesn't make sense. But I don't understand where the number, where the 75%, 25% has come when the Dortmunds of the world and other things, they've yeah, gone from no, 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 no. 49. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not interested why. You're, you're confusing it because I think it's legal. In Germany, it's, it's, it's written into law that it has to be 51-49 where it ain't the case in England. So everyone who gets to 50, like Bob and yourself, 51-49, that can't, I don't think that can happen in England because it's written in German law that has to be 51-49. No, but, no, but we, we can, we, we, you own Wimbledon. We decide how much of it we want to give away. Or not, yeah, I, see, I, don't, I, I kind of know it all, but I don't, it, how to say it all kind of thing. I think it's something to do with the voting rights and stuff like that. So we can, you can, we can sell 25. 75 means that we still, because we've got the PLC board, got the Don's Trust board, and then we've got investors coming in like Nick Robertson and things like that. Do you know what I mean? So Nick sits on the PLC board, but he doesn't sit on the Don Struts board. Right. Uh, I don't know. We might have to get someone from the board to come on one day and kind of explain it to us. But as I said, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with your friend there. We've now got Plough Lane. I can't see. I, I know people said, oh, look, before this is, a, I, I, if I only come in and then flatter Plough Lane to build flats on it, I think that's just crazy. I don't, I, I don't think that. I, I don't even remotely think anyone's going to buy us. And, and I can't see after all of the hoo-ha, there's no way we're leaving Plough Lane. We're there now. Unless we don't make the payments, we're an absolute shambles. And this is the worry, I though. Will. I don't see us, I don't see it flattening down. What I do see, though, is, the worry about someone buying 
someone buying into the club and and, and running it running a riot or running a debt up. But I don't I don't ever think right we're gonna but we're struggling for that. Is, is my my worry, Bob. Before I ask you as well, my worry is regarding the actual debt that we have. We have a large debt with a bank at the moment, right? And I know the the interest rates can or the interest is being dropped regarding that, and we, we're paying less interest on that now. Uh, but we have the bonds have been brilliant and, and the work that's been put into them, but that's still debt. That's still kicking the can down the road. We are still in debt. And there might be invest, like there might be people that put into the bond that ain't Wimbledon fans. They live in Wimbledon and thought, Blimey, now I can get 7% on the one, half a million I've got sitting there. I'm not getting that with any bank at the moment. I know people like that ain't going to put half a million in Wimbledon because it is unsecured. I get that. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to spitball kind of thing there'll be people that have gone right i've got five grand here i'll put that into women at seven percent or whatever it is or do yeah. you know what i mean i can't see one person going yeah put half a million in unsecured but it's a bit of a worry for me that the debt it is just it's still debt Bob, what's it is, the whole player land project has has always been really scary as far as debt is concerned and 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 just like all british um building companies do we got a, a, another bill halfway through, that, like to to complete the bid, you know, to complete the job, and 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 that was fairly disgusting. It's always been the case. Now, my personal preference is that if we have to lose a little bit from the team, then then we've got to keep Plough Lane. We've got to be left with Plough Lane at the end of this. Everything else is irrelevant, um, and well, not totally irrelevant. But I just, I, I, I just think. If, if the Robbo thing had worked and we could suddenly find a way of staying in the third division on £3.50, then it would have been the greatest thing. It hasn't worked. And, and now we've really just got to get real. I don't know what, what the total answer is, but we're in a lot of debt and we've got a football model that doesn't work. So we've got to do something really quickly with a good manager. My, my other point is I, I'm, I'm all for selling and stuff like that. But the question I'd ask people like myself as well is who's going to buy a football club? like Wimbledon is there anyone that we, we're struggling to sell seven percent do you know what I mean which I can't imagine is going to be a, a load of money for someone actually loaded Nick Robinson I can't remember how much he bought but that was two and a half million are we really going to be able to find someone and go look do you want to buy a football club uh we've really again not getting much of the, the fans still want to have a say kind of thing do you know what I mean like what happened before we're still going to put st stuff in the contracts and stuff I'm guessing to say look you'll you have no everyone. problem selling 75 percent of Wimbledon no problem there will be loads of people out there, London-based, great story, good location. With everything that's gone on with it and the, and the journey that we've gone, there is absolutely no doubt at all. We're, we are, frankly, a bigger selling point than Wrexham, put it that way. And Wrexham have picked up two Hollywood actors who have looked at it being Wales. They're not even the only team in Wales. You've got Swans, you've got Cardiff in the Football League. So if, if somebody like that has come in and thought, sod it, we'll just go and buy Wrexham out of nowhere and, bring, and drag them up, which is basically what they're doing. The Neville's have done Salford. I don't think we'd struggle selling. So it's not it's not a fair thing to say, well, we're struggling to, to sell 7%, so we're not going to get 75. I think if you bought 75,000, now there will be the odd caveat here and there, but I don't think you're going to struggle finding somebody to to spend an amount of money to buy a London football club. I I'm not sure you'll find a, a challenge on that. Because well, one of my, the arguments I always see is people that don't want to sell and want to stay fan-owned, they use the argument of they bring up all the bad owners that are in football. Yeah. Right? But they never bring up the good owners in football, the Leicester City owners, 
the people like Gibson at Middlesbrough, the people like seventy-five uh, percent of all the other owners who are pretty even good the 90s. people like Darren McAntony at Peterborough, who we could have had as an owner. Right, I people don't like him because he's brash, he's in your face, he sells it, he says it how it is, right? Because everyone gets offended by everything nowadays. But you got to admit, he's been a good owner for Peterborough. Do you know what I mean? From where they were to where they are now, under his ownership, he's done a decent job. People always then go, well, look at the Crawleys. Yeah, but Crawley were always going to be a dodgy club because they were bought out by a Hong Kong dodgy businessman who wanted just to pretty much money launder everything through them. Do you know what I mean? And everyone knew that the case. That's why they went from the non-league straight up as quickly as they did. But always, there's always going to be odd ones. And we can't keep going, oh, there's so many bad owners. There are so many good owners as well. And but the other we... thing as well is to understand, Lee, what a good owner is and what a bad owner is. If you've got an owner like Mike Ashley, who's not a bad owner, he's just not going to invest as loads in the football club. He's going to keep you alive. He's going to make sure that you're not bankrupt. Well, to be honest, that's frankly... What that is the minimum requirement. Now, if you think a good owner means I've got to whack a million pound in, then all of a sudden the numbers are poor. I One don't think I don't think that anyone you've mentioned now as potential owners um would have got us to play lane. No, agree, yeah, I Darren totally McCann McAntony would have done. Oh, I don't know. He said he would have done. He said it he, million pounds. He said he would get us a brand new ground when he put it forward. But it didn't even go to the members. It went straight to the Don's Trust. The Don's Trust were out. It didn't even go to the members. So we talk about, oh, yeah, members and having a vote. The Don's Trust shut that down before it even got to the members. So it was them that said, no, because it's part of our rules or whatever it is at that time. When he came on board, when Xavier brought him to the club, he said that he would get us a brand new ground in Wimbledon. Or he would get us a brand new... I can't remember the exact state. Well, he, he might not be, but he might. But that's another thing, though. It didn't even go to the members. There'd be uproar now for, uh, if someone come say say I won the two hundred million the Euro lottery tomorrow and went right. Well, I want to buy Wimbledon. That it that would go probably to the members where that didn't even get to the members with Darren McKenna. I remember. Do you think they would? Do you think if Bob? Do you think if you won the lottery tomorrow, two hundred million? Firstly, we wouldn't see you for gold dust. But if you <laughs> went back to the club and said, "Do you know what? I'll buy it. I'll pay the whole lot of it off." What if? What do you think would happen? Would they just go great? See you later. Or would they go, well, hold on a minute, fan ownership, this sounds dodgy. I mean, what do you think? Well, interesting question in real life. Anyone who knows me knows that if I had 200 million, I would buy the football club, but I'd also be dead in a week. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I would buy the football club and just leave it to the Don's Trust. I, you know, like, no, I'm that stupid because uh, I hate my children, of course. But do you but, think that the club would, would take your money if you said, I want to buy Wimbledon, I'm a Wimbledon fan through and through, I want to buy it all out, it's Bob's football ground now, it's worth 25, I'll pay the whole lot, and if you want to give it back to the Don's Trust or whatever, it's fine, but do you think that the club would sell the whole lot to a fan? Oh, there's a little bit of me that hopes not, but I think they'd be pretty stupid not to. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that would be the guaranteed golden you know, the, the golden egg, wouldn't it? Like someone who, who really like doesn't care about money, but <laughs> to suddenly just put it in there. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm not sure. I think that would have been a tough one, uh, especially in, 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 in the first 10 years of, of, um, of the history of AFC Wimbledon, where I think we, you know, we were a little bit stricter. I think, I think people are, are loosening up ever so slightly on on the, on the whole Don's trust thing, but we're all still really hurt about the last time their wife got. Yeah, 
I don't think my generation are going to give it up that easy. Like, I, you know, you just need to all join the Don's Trust and, and outvote us. So I totally agree. I totally agree with what you're saying about the, the like it hurt so much when it happened. But as Danny said earlier, we've got a younger fan base now who who weren't around at them times, didn't really see it. They see Plow Lane and think this is brilliant. We've got our own ground. They 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 do not like the Don's Trust board, what I see online and stuff. And the Don's Trust board get a battering, which I don't always think they deserve. I don't know if it's the Don's Trust board that should get the battering on the PLC board or or Joe Pop. In my view, it was Joe Palmer that was making all the mistakes and do you know what I mean? He was our CEO, and I don't think he'd done a great job. Uh, he's now gone. Robbo's now gone. Xavier has gone. Uh, do you know what I mean? And we, we're, we're rudderless at the moment, and people are looking at it and thinking, it's a shit show. It's a shit show this season. And that's not just on the pitch. It's off the pitch as well. And then that's where people are going, right, like, Bob, I can understand what you're saying with regards to on the pitch shouldn't really matter that much as long as we've got plough lane. And, and I'm not one of these ones who go, oh, yeah, we, we at least I don't think you are either. Oh, at least we've got a club. But I get you mean about plow lane is that base now we can never let that go. But I think people want to see some not success on the pitch, but they just want to see a little bit better on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Because money ain't gonna money you you could throw a billion at Wimbledon and we could still be unsuccessful, right? Uh, but I think people just want to see us maybe raise our budget a little bit, like go to maybe a mid-table budget. But then on the flip side, I'm gonna argue with myself here now is I found out the other day from a chef Wednesday found that Barry Bannon's on 28 grand a week in our league. So where, where, how much money do is a fan with 200 million enough to compete at the top level now? Where do we want, where the fans, this is why I'm saying we need to ask every single fan, where do they want us to go? Where do they think we can go? Do you know what I mean? Like, do we then have to sell out to get to the, where, where every, where the majority of women fans want us to be? Oh, my God, Bannon on that amount of money. Well, I've got to say, first off, he is the best footballer I've seen this season. Right? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. He was him, him on the park at, at, at Plough Lane was just a pleasure to watch. As a midfielder, Agreed. I was just watching a proper player there, man. But 28 grand a week. Maka is our top earner on three grand a week. He's on 10%. Yeah. How are we going to get these players? That's what I'm saying. 10%. That's the, that. Unfortunately, Bob, it's the whole argument. It's like if you want to, how it's you know for it, and again, it's going to be next year. Derby are going to drop or whoever else. Tom Lawrence is at Derby. If he doesn't move on, he's on a a, a really good whack. It's a case of, is it, is it enough just to be fan owned to be? Can you be competitive in League One without having a little bit of a boost elsewhere? Or just I, I don't I don't know personally. I don't know. Maybe it's. Sheffield Wednesday's a bigger stadium, bigger fan, etc., and therefore they get more money. Again, it'll be a question that we're, I think we're going to have a rough three or four years trying to work out what we are as a club, where we're going as a culture, but also working out how much money Plough Lane actually earns. Because, you know, you could, Lerone Richards is talking about having a world title fight at Plough Lane. I mean, that could be massive, could be a huge earner. It might not never happen. I can't imagine the Broncos lasting too much longer because they're not doing anything and they're not having any fans. So that's no. dead in the water. Um, I don't know how much commercial that'll be an interesting conversation is to work is to an end, end of year financial year right how much money did we actually get through at Plough Lane from external events that would be a really interesting one but I don't I think it's going to be more organic than sort of smash bang wallop 
Yeah. You're, I think that's absolutely spot on there, Danny, with regards to that. And I also think that, unfortunately, things have to improve on the pitch because if we stay in League One next year, we can't have the same seasons that we've had the last five years where we're right near the bottom. I know we could have, we could go by like the best players in the world and still struggle. I'm not saying we won't, but something has to be. If we go down, we can't struggle again in League Two. And if we stay in this league, we can't struggle again in this league because I, I don't think, I think this is one of the weakest League Ones we've, we've been in. Regards to the teams in it, if you look at it, I, I really do, Bob. I know your mouth open. I, I look at the leagues and I think some of the teams in this league are they're not. You think we haven't been battered, and this is what drives me. Like Mark Bowen's coming and said he's watched the games. How have we lost in games? But we can't. We we're twenty five games. It's twenty five games now without a win. Right, and we could still lose the rest of the games of the season. If we go down and we're like 40 games without a win, 50 games without a win, it just then, it, I can't, deal, I, I just don't think a lot of fans will deal with it. Uh, and, and as I said, with the previous subjects we've talked about before, the steward and the SLOs and things like that, things have to improve on and off the pitch because it will stop people, come, we'll go all the time because we're diehard women fans have been going for years. But there's some people who might go, I can't be asked to go down there now. I can't see the game because the steward stands away. I raise it to someone. They treat me like a dick. I ain't giving my money over there anymore. I'll just go down to Fulham or I'll go to Dawkin or I'll go somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Anyone else got any more points they want to add regarding finance and selling the club? What we need is obviously Bob Walsh to do a, a comedy night at King's Meadow. Not King's Meadow. At the fat, at the, at yeah. the, Blah, blah. Don't do it at King's Meadow. Hey, Bob, get, get going, son. Get sold out. Hundred pound a yeah, ticket. Bosh. No, I'll never play a fucking Chelsea ground. Fuck that. I I, I will do play a lane. Yeah, I was going to uh, say King's Meadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, it, it's something that has been discussed very briefly, um, but not with somebody who still works at the club, unfortunately. Okay. I, sorry. I, and before, don't forget, I am actually like a really offensive comedian. I'm not like <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get on telly, you know. We'll put you by the fan stand, yeah. Put you by the family stand. Yeah, no, it's not family entertainment what I do. Well, you, you'll uh, be you'll, you'll be welcome in the East Block where we are because that's you know what I mean we don't mind. Because you're the proper fans, all the all the all the atmosphere because everyone else just, is like a library, yeah. Before we move yeah. on, regards in previewing, one thing I like, I've come up with quite a few ideas. We've never now we've got Plough Lane, right? I we I know COVID and stuff, that's all gone now. So why right. are we not using the space to have say an evening with Dave Anderson and get Bob to compare it, right? And then we have an evening with Dave Anderson, a couple of ex-players with him. So well, I because I buy tickets now, and Dave well, Anderson will tell us his stories. Do. We have an evening with Dave Anderson and Terry Brown. Do you know what I mean? It'd be it's a got to be a beer weird. festival in that. And I'm not saying it's gonna make hundreds of thousands, it's not gonna pay off our debt. But it will it will help use the space and we'll sell tickets. We'll, do you know what I mean? We used to do it at King's Meadow all the time. We used to sell tickets. And I remember before King's Meadow used to be used, we had the part the Paris and the end of season dinner was fucking brilliant. We don't do any of that anymore because it's yeah. all used for the people that are fucking within the club already. Yeah, no, well, I don't think that's the reason for it. Um, like, we did actually start to lose money at comedy because we were getting, like, the John Maloney's down and people off live at the Apollo. And we did start to lose money, and it only stopped when it stopped being profitable. Like, that that was a thing that happened at King's Meadow because King's Meadow's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yes. And, 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 and like, it's a very hard place to get people to go to. Um Plough Lane isn't in the middle of nowhere. It's like on all the main like London lines. I think we could do something there. That would be a thing. But it's only a couple, a few hundred quid you're making. It's not. 
we're not going to be able to sign Messi because we've had a good comedy. No, I get it, but we've got to start using the space. Like, as I said, like we used to do them on a Friday night, which again, you said they're in the middle of nowhere. So people aren't going to travel to Kingsman on a Friday night. Yeah. Saturday night, do do a night with Dave Anderson on Saturday night after a game. You can have thousands of women fans. They drink in the Phoenix. They then go and see Dave Anderson doing his chat or Terry Brown or, or Reeves or Lyle Taylor or anyone that we can get in. And Andy Wordsworth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People like that who people want to listen to, they've got characters, really good stories, yeah. characters, and then just use the space. And it's little things like that might help. But anyway, we'll move on. And when we'll we come out. back, we'll uh, discuss the massive, again, I say it every week, massive gains against Crew and Wickham. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. All right, so we're back for the final part of the episode today, and we're going to be discussing the massive games uh, Friday and Monday against Crew and Wickham. Crew is must win. Wickham is what must not lose. Uh, and yeah, I think massive games. What do you think, boys? I'm. I think uh, yeah, I'd, uh, Crew. We got to beat, and we haven't Crew lost like fifteen of the last seventeen. Yeah, they so just I mean, sat there. Just sat there, manager as well, though. I know. Well, crew, crew has to be a win. There's no, if we've got any aspiration to stay up, we have to beat Crew Alexandra, and then Wickham. You take what you can with the viewpoint that I mean, I, I guess is nine. I would have thought nine points would be enough. So I think you've got to beat Crew. I think you've got to beat Fleetwood, and and for me, I think you've got to beat Accrington. So you need out of. I think you need nine out of 12, which is pretty bold considering we, we haven't won a single game since. I was just about to say, we've got to win three games. We ain't won in 25. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do feel like it, it's one of them games where we, I, I looked at us and apparently we've got the best record of the bottom six playing against each other, which is at least one small thing. It'll be interesting to see without Robinson, whether Bowen is bold enough to go, right, we're going to pick our best 11, which is obviously Radoni playing in a position or a Sal playing with Radoni and running around. But if we play anything like the game against MK, then I'd back us to beat Crew, And I would back us to get something. I don't know about a win, but I, I think if you beat Crew, the atmosphere on Monday is going to be mental. Everyone's going to be absolutely flying. Once we've, we've had the MK result, we've had the Crew result, all of a sudden you're four from six going into Wickham. It's such a different vibe, but can we do it? Have we got have we got what it takes to get over the line? If we don't, we absolutely deserve to get relegated. So there's my little uh, gambit. Yeah, it's hard hard to disagree, really, mate. It's um, like the crew game. We've got to learn how to win a game of football in the easiest circumstances before we can even think about kind of playing Wickham. Wickham are a smashing side. They've got a lot of really good players. And in fact, they, they've got a recruitment policy that I'm jealous of as, uh, as, a, as a third division football fan. Um, uh, they, I, oh God, we've just got to be crew. I can't, I can't even allow myself to think about losing that. I mean, and if we do, I'll just go back into the Oh bugger! We were going down anyway, weren't we? And, and 100%. I, I'm not sure I could take another uh, a, a day like Bradford. Uh, if we were in that position again, um, I think that would be a miracle, like an absolute 
football miracle if we could get ourselves in that position again. Um, I got very drunk and very nearly arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I think you two are spot on. I think Cruz must win. I think it helps that we're away from home because we're, our home form is absolutely horrendous, even though we look a little bit different under Mark Bowen, but that was against them lots of the we raise their game. I think I think we'll beat Crew because Crew are an awful side. They're, they're bottom of the league. With, they were uh, terrible at ours. You know I mean, they are absolutely horrendous. It's a shame Till Thomas ain't still playing for him because he was awful this season. Yeah, uh, but... I do fancy us to go out there and win. I, really, I think I, it's cliche. I think we don't even think about Wickham at the moment. I think we take one game at a time, see how many, if we can get everyone through injury free. Uh, and we try and, yeah, just play like we did on Saturday, really. The fans are going up there in numbers again. I know it's going to be a difficult journey because there's no trains, I don't think. I think people are going to be going up there by hook no or crook. Trains, yeah. yeah, so everyone's going to go up there, going to be travelling. Far, I think they're going to be in good voice and I think we will get a victory. Uh, it does make me laugh and I think a lot of people will find it funny that every week we're always positive about we're going to get a result. 25 games without a win and we're expecting three in the next four. <laughs> but I can see it happening because Crew Fleetwood have got really tough games coming up. Right, If we can beat both of them, we, we pretty much they're right in it with us. And Aki should be on the beach by the time we play them. And if we're going to Aki needing the win to stay up, I think we could do it. I just, yeah, I do. Uh, if we do stay up, this is a question that my mates asked, and I said, no, I don't agree with it. Would this be the greatest out of all the recent ones? Is this the best that staying up? Yeah. Yeah. I said, no, I said Wally. No, no. I think Wally had a lot more time. Well, yeah, that's what time. I got told and, as well. And and he, he had a lot more time. We had a proven goal scorer. We had we had a Proper good low window. And you could see it, the momentum building. We have been absolutely dead as a door now. Players getting injured. Our recruitment's been poor. There's been very few little jinks of light. But what I would say is that although this would be our best one, this is also the worst league one league I think we've had. And I think that that Bradford year where we stayed up on the last day with the nil-nil up there, um, again, that was seriously lucky. That Accrington, didn't they put loads past Plymouth the game before to muck up their goal difference? It was like 6-0 or something daft. Yes. That was, a, I mean, we've been very, very blessed with a little bit of, of lady luck since we've been in League One. Um, and I'd love it to continue. But what I will say is we've had absolutely, well, I think from a Wimbledon perspective, we've had luck in terms of other teams not doing what they should be. But from us as a team, we've had very little luck in the last 10 games. Injuries, unbelievably lucky goals, just general energy. I think we're going to beat, I think we're going to concede early against Crew, and then we're going to equalise before half time and then we're going to do a number on them. So I think it's going to be a three or four one actually. But it will just, if we don't, if we don't do it, then we absolutely deserve what comes to us. Yes, agree. Go on, Bob, put a prediction on it. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 on Saturday. I, I very much agree with the, the pattern of play discussed there. Um, and then if we get the 3-1, assuming we do get that win on Saturday, I reckon we can nick one against Wickham. I do. Yeah, I, I just, totally agree. Just can't get it out of my head that we've got a chance in this. We, that is a, not a terrible team with this manager. No, I agree. I think we're one good strike away from being actually a half-decent team. If we had yeah. one good striker, I think, under Bowen, we'd be a decent team. I'm going, we have to agree with you two. I think we're going three or four, one. 
for us to win. I think Crew are an awful side. They're worse than us. And that's been proven by the fact that they can't get anywhere near us point-wise. And we've been awful in 25 games. And they're still like, I think, 10, 15 points behind us. I don't know. I'll stop looking at the league table. But I think if we pick up three on Saturday, I think I'd take a point at Wickham. And I think, yeah, I think the great escape is on. Don't agree with you. I know my mate as well, Rich, Richard Andrew, said that uh, under Wally, we had a better team then. But I still think that it was a better great escape than this could be. But as I said, under Mark Bowen, I really do think that something's changed. And this is, we've got a full, I think he's got a full week with him. So he's going to have a full week to get some more of his ideas, him and uh, Eddie. And hopefully, yeah, we'll get the victory. So, so do we think Crew and Doncaster are done, guys? Do we feel yeah. that they're done? Yes. Okay. So out of the bottom lot, then obviously we're on 35 points, 38, 38, 38. Who's going? Crew, Doncaster, Fleetwood. And Morecambe or Gillingham? Morecambe. Morecambe. You think Gillingham are just going to sneak I out? Think, I think Harris is doing a great job up there and I think he'll get enough points on the ball to, to stay up where I think Fleetwood and Morecambe have got some tough games. I think one of them's got Sunderland, Scum, Chef Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? So they've got a really hard running. I think our running is the best running out of the yeah, lot. Out of but all. that don't always go to plan, as we know. But if we lose the crew or we lose the Fleetwood, I think we're down. Fleetwood have got Gillingham. Yeah, see, that's and then a... they've got, and then the next game they play as us. See, so that's if a... Gillingham beat we could do with Fleetwood. Yeah, but then yeah, you hope we're relying on other teams here. We're just relying on other teams. We've got to win, start of a win on Saturday, and then like then we'll have another. Absolutely, yeah. agree. Right, boys. Bob, thanks very much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Danny, Thank as you always, very much for inviting me. As always, not much content, but you, you look good. Yeah, right. Thank Get you. everyone, if anyone's in Edinburgh in August, Wrong Comedy is my show. It's 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 quite a well-known underground little punky, dirty, horrible, nasty, offensive show. If you like that sort of thing, that's what we do. Look me up, Bob Walsh, Walsh, Wrong Comedy. Get a, get a ticket, guys. Get a ticket. Yeah. Buy a ticket, get, go see. Get a, get a game. Get a Celtic game while you're there. That's Glasgow, not Edinburgh. Get a Hearts game in. Or, or a Hibs game, any any game really. Or Edinburgh, Edinburgh City. I'll go anyway. watch them out. Feel myself. There we are. If go you like normal, if you like normal comedy, tune in to us every week because I've I've got bags of it. So, right. Anyway, yeah. thank you very much. Come yeah. on, you dons. Come on, you dons. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.